Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. All right, men, welcome to today's episode of Strong Men, Strong Marriages. Does your childhood impact your marriage? So, you know, a lot of us as as high achieving guys, we kind of think, yeah, you know, maybe it does, but it's not that big a deal. I definitely kind of took that approach, even in my my programs and everything for myself, for sure. Just kind of thought, yeah, you know, growing up, it was fine. You know, it was good, lots of good things and let's just move forward. But sometimes it can have effects that maybe you don't, uh, you don't recognize. So that's what we're going to talk about today and how I'm learning to help myself and other men through that. So, you know, my name is Mike Frazier, MD, and I help high achieving Christian men have more intimate marriages. I'm a psychiatrist and marriage coach. So wins from the guys in my program, love intimacy and legacy. So guys going from, you know, recovering from infidelity to just daily connection, having fun with their wife, having fun with their kids. You know, this is what I really envision for the people that come in my program, right. And the people listening to the podcast and everything, right. That they come in and come out with that connection. They want having those great memories. Um, you guys are finding, you know, deeper connection than they ever thought possible after 30 plus years of marriage, you know, so kind of getting these habits, you feel like, oh, I can't get out of it, but like you can change, like things can change, even if it's been that way a long time. Um, guys that were kind of in marriages where they're just frequent bickering, getting in fights, you know, lots of back and forth, having great mental, emotional, and sexual intimacy, uh, having fun date nights, fun time with family, uh, just enjoying those moments together. Even after like it used to be the wife complained about not listening and things like that. And then, you know, for me, just like overcoming, recognizing my old patterns much more quickly. Um, so you know, often when I feel distance from my wife, I would try to like start a fight, right. To, to just feel close again. Part of this is this, you know, um, like childhood work that we're going to talk about a little bit today. Um, but yeah, I was able to recognize it and kind of, uh, make some adjustments there. So in my program, what we do is we focus on changing the way that you think, right. It's based on a model we call the state fair model. The, the truth is it's your thoughts that create your feelings. What you think and believe that creates how you feel. Okay. And then those feelings are either attractive or not, and they're going to lead to you doing certain things with certain intentions that are either attractive or not. Okay. So as an example, let's say your wife comes to you and she says, Hey, you didn't take out the trash. So maybe the thing you start thinking to yourself, Hey, man, I do so much for you. You don't do anything for me. You didn't do your jobs either. Right. Like that's how you start thinking. Okay. So you start feeling resentful and angry towards her. Okay. And those feelings are unattractive, right? So, and then the action take, maybe you go take the trash out, but really your intention in doing that is to kind of like prove you're better than her say, yeah, I'm going to do it, but you still don't do your stuff. Right. And then that result is more disconnection, more resentment, more anger, more superior thinking on your side, uh, basically problems in the marriage. Okay. So how do we fix it? So what we do is we change the way you think. So same situation, right? Your wife says you didn't take out the trash. Okay. So you, instead you send your thoughts a different direction. You say like, Hey, look, I guess she's right. And I just want to be a man of my word here. Like she's in charge of doing her stuff, but I'm in charge of doing mine. And she's right. I didn't do mine. So I can do it. Right. So you feel solid. You feel honest, right? You feel attractive and that's attractive, right? When you feel solid, you're being honest. 
So you had to take out the trash. Your intention in doing that is just to be a man of your word. Then the result is you earn trust. You feel good about yourself and you build the foundations of a good marriage. The other thing that happens when you don't make a big deal about it, right, is she'll probably do her stuff more too. But even if she doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? Because you're following through on yours. And then maybe you learn the skill of making a request. You say, hey, also you didn't you know, wipe the counter. So can you do that? She's like, oh yeah, you're right. I didn't do that. So, you know, it's not that you never send up yourself or make requests for what you want, right? But you take responsibility for yourself instead of being like, well, I didn't do it, but neither did you, right? And so then you're trying to justify yourself and that's unattractive, okay? So usually doing this just works, right? You look at the thoughts like, oh shoot, yeah, I can think a different way. And then you're off to the races, right? You We do mental rehearsals so that that's the new way to do it, right? But there are times when men, you know, including me, have something that just like keeps setting them off and we work and we do the rehearsals and it just like is not connecting, right? It's not changing the way that they're behaving isn't changing. Okay. In those cases, we have to go deeper, right? We've got to figure out what's going on here. I had a really good chance to do that just this morning with the gentleman from the program. Um, yeah, I want to respect my client's privacy in this. So, you know, I'm going to talk about my experience, but, but we went through his with a, something kind of similar, right? Um, and I'm going to be offering this more and more to clients as we see them, you know, struggling with some of these things. So what we want to look at is like, what's below that initial thought that she doesn't do enough for me, right? And this is a tool that, that we talk about using the fivefold lie. Well, why do I think that? Why do I think that, right? Um, so a common pattern that I see in myself and I see in a lot of the guys that I work with is that high achieving guys, you know, what we've learned to do is kind of stuff our emotions away and just kind of put our heads down and get things done, right? So yeah, you don't, I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day, uh, you know, he uh, kind of has some social anxiety, right? It's hard for him to talk to people, but like, the way he said it was so funny. He, he wanted to, you know, make some sales, right? And he had to con- connect with a lot of strangers to do that. And so he thought, yeah, I have some social anxiety. Don't care. You know, I'm going to go do it anyway. You know, Hey, what's your name? <laughs> right. So it, here's the thing, like stepping your emotions down and just getting things done. It actually is uh, is helpful, right. In a lot of ways. Um, it can help you get things done. And sometimes you do just have to like push through fear, right. Push through anxiety and get things done. But the problem is a lot of guys have learned this. And this is actually true of, of this guy too. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, they, they've learned at a young age that they have to do this, right. They have to stuff their emotions away because their parents, for whatever reason, were not really able or willing or doing a great job of taking care of their emotions. Okay. So they learned at an early age, like, Hey, you know, I need to manage this myself. Um, Ed Mileta guy, I follow, you know, his dad was an alcoholic, right? So he probably learned this early on. Like I have to manage my emotions because my dad might freak out and I have to kind of manage his, um, you know, so, uh, it happens in the lives. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's abuse. Maybe it's neglect. Maybe there's drug use. Maybe it's just, there's a lot of high pressure and expectations. I see a lot of that in the guys where their parents weren't necessarily bad parents, right? Not abusive or anything, but just had really high expectations that they felt like they had to meet. They couldn't show weakness. Right. And they just had to kind of get things done around the house. And they kind of step into that role. That's more me. Like my parents were by no means abusive or neglectful or anything, very caring, but also very high expectations. And I felt, you know, high pressure there. So yeah, you know, I did learn that for me, what was expected of me was to be happy, take care of 
people around me, right? And just kind of do that, you know, not to not expose that I was sad or needed help or things like that. You know, that's weak. And I'm, I'm not going to do that. Okay. So the thing is this, this works, right? It's effective in a lot of areas. It helps you get stuff done. It helps you be very driven and motivated in your work, uh, can, you know, help you achieve a lot of things. But problem is it leaves you vulnerable to being needy for caretaking from your wife. Okay. So, you know, if early on you're like, okay, well, my parents aren't going to really like take care of me when I feel sad or anxious or things like that. I have to kind of manage that myself. Once you get married, you kind of see your wife as, oh, like now she can take care of that. Right now, now she can maybe do that. Now she can give me the attention that I didn't get as a kid. Um, and so you go about that using the mosquito cycle, right? Trying to do nice things for her to get that back. You get mad when you don't get it. But sometimes it's deeper than that, right? It's coming back to this childhood stuff where there's like a younger you in there that's needing attention, appreciation, affection, right? And not getting it. Um, so the other thing that it does, right? It makes you kind of mean to your kids. So my wife has pointed this out to me a lot of times that I kind of take that approach with my kids. You're sad, deal with it. You're hurt, deal with it, right? You're anxious, deal with it right? And again, because it is effective in some ways, it does help you get things done in some ways. It just is not great when it comes to relationships. Okay. So yeah, like my, and and a lot of guys will tell me this too. Like my kids, they feel more comfortable talking to my wife than to me. That's true in my marriage. And it's because of this, right? Because they know if they come to me, I'm just going to kind of be like, okay, well, I guess you better figure that out. (laughs) Right. And, and look, there's a balance, right? There's a balance of teaching resilience and emotional resilience and of, you know, really providing love and care for someone that's young and, and needs it, right? So, um, yeah, so that younger you, right? They're looking for, he's looking for caretaking. He's trying to get it from his wife, right? That little you that at whatever point learned, okay, like I'm on my own here. I've got to figure this out or I have to manage mom's emotions or dad's emotions, or I have to like meet these expectations and I can't show weakness or I have to be the guy that gets along with everybody. And I can't like show anything that maybe people wouldn't want to get along with. I have to do everything for everybody else. Cause if I don't, you know, then I'm not a good Christian or whatever. Right. So at some point you learned my emotions don't matter. I've got to kind of shut those down and, you know, do stuff for other people or just kind of like get stuff done. Okay. But there's a younger you in there that's like a kid, right? That kind of needs help and needs attention. You know, I think about my, uh, so I've got, my youngest is five now, but you know, even younger than that, I feel like like a a six month old or something. Like you're not going to tell a six month old, like stop crying. Although maybe you will, maybe you will, because you're so like into this mindset of manage your own emotions, kid, like get over it. Um, I'm definitely guilty of this big time. I have done this. So there's a, there's a way to fix this is what I'm saying. And, but we have to go, we have to go a little bit deeper. So I, I had to went to a, a hypnotherapist actually, his name's AJ Yeager. I'll put some of his information in here for you guys in the show notes um, to help me unlock this. And now that's helped me kind of do some of this deeper work with some of my guys. So some good questions to ask yourself to kind of find out if this is an issue is like, what's the first time in the marriage that you felt like she didn't do enough for you? Like what was something early on where that happened? You know, what was early break in trust or something like that? Right. 
And that can be, that can be helpful to kind of identify, oh yeah, yeah, here I felt like she didn't. But really more than that, usually it's something below that. Like that, her not paying attention to you really reminds you of a childhood thing. I find this to be true most of the time, okay? If not all the time. So like earlier in life in childhood, when was a time where you just felt like, you know, I have to take care of this, right? I have to manage mom's emotions. I have to manage dad's emotions. I have to just kind of deal with things. I have to be, you know, the golden child. I have to, you know, make sure I'm getting everything done. I have to make sure I'm that perfect Christian, the leader at church, you know, all of that. So, um, you know, I grew up in the church of Jesus Christ, Flattery Saints. I definitely felt, um, that pressure, you know, to look a certain way, to behave a certain way, to perform a certain way. Um, and to not show any cracks in that, right? Um, so that happened, right? It was real. Um, so again, looking back at your child, were there times where you didn't feel cared for? And like in my mind right now, I'm thinking like there are some times where that happened, you know, where uh, you know, I definitely kind of took this lesson that, you know, I needed to care for the emotions around people around me and not really show mine because then the people around me might have problems, right? and not manage their emotions. So in, in the hypnotherapy session that I did, I remembered, you know, at one point being like lost in a store and feeling alone. So another thing, man, like this, this session was really powerful, but I realized a lot of times I felt, uh, I felt lonely, you know, even in my marriage, I felt like my wife wasn't supporting me. Like when I would say something to the kids and she didn't like immediately back me up, I kind of felt alone, but a lot of it came back to this childhood stuff, right? Where, you know, I remember being lost in a store and feeling alone and that, lonely feeling really was, uh, um, difficult, you know? So we kind of came back to that, you, that moment. Um, the other thing we did is, you know, it kind of had me see that younger me and like, he came in and I literally like started crying so hard when I saw this younger me come in and just kind of letting him know that like, he didn't have to smile all the time. Like he didn't have to be that, perfect, happy, you do everything right guy. Like he didn't have to do it. He could just enjoy his life. He could just have fun. Um, it was really cool. Like we were able to create this sort of team of people like that youngest me, you know, we kind of created him as a guy who's instead of being in charge of like keeping up appearances and managing everybody's emotions around him, he could just be someone that could have fun. Right. And the older me, like current me, I could take care of him and be there for him. We also saw kind of like a 16 year old me that was more about like the, uh, the fun uh, and older me, like a 50 year old me that was that mature kind of force kind of saw like an angel there helping us uh, and kind of above that, even, you know, God and Jesus being there for me. So the thing we did is we all kind of like went together, uh, to this, um, to that store, like when I was alone and we all just like comforted, uh, the younger me. And it's just been really cool to, to feel like I've got that with me right? I've got that team with me. Um, so, you know, even if you don't do that kind of thing, you kind of visualize this of like you going to that younger you and just letting them know, Hey, like, it's okay. I've got you. Like you can be sad. You can be anxious. You can be scared. Um, it's okay. Right. I'll be here for you. You know, you can let that out. Uh, you don't have to be perfect. You know, I still care about you. I still love you. Right. And the other thing too, is recognizing God feels that way about you, you know, seeing that God sees you as that young child. Really, if we look at that in, in like the big perspective, the eternal perspective, we're like babies, you know, compared to God, it's someone who's eternal, you know, uh, we're all babies, you know? And so he cares about us like that, like children, 
you know, um, he wants to be like little children. I, you know, rely on him for help, have him help us. Cause here's the thing. If you don't, right. If you, if you say, oh, I'm going to imagine myself and you don't take care of that younger you, those younger emotions, those that need to be cared for by somebody. If you say, oh, that's not me. I don't need anybody to care for me. You, you say that, but then you get so mad when your wife doesn't give you attention, appreciation, affection, and sex. So you're not giving it to yourself. And so you're reliant on typically your wife to give that to you. And you want it from her all the time because you're not able to generate that caretaking for yourself. So when you start actually caring for yourself, you feel much better. You're not so needy on her and you can just be a better husband and just feel better. Plus you're a better parent because now when you treat your younger self that way, you treat your younger kids that way. You're like, Hey, it's okay. You know, let me help you through this. Right. Instead of, Hey, suck it up, man, deal with it. Okay. So it, in that moment, you know, kind of describe my experience during the hypnotherapy session. Um, you know, it, and I think this is a really powerful thing to do because like kind of see that younger you that did feel that pressure that did feel like he had to manage things on his own. Right. That was neglected. Maybe that was abused. Right. And just like the one that learned, okay, like I got to stuff this and get stuff done, you know, see that younger kid and, you know, thank him, you know, thank him. He worked hard, right. He took on a lot, you know, he helped you get a lot of things done. He helped you succeed in your career and all of that, but okay. Let him know too, you know, um, he doesn't have to do that anymore, right? You're going to be there. You know, God's there. There's people that care about him. They can help him. You know, they're going to be there for him now, right? He can just let go, right? So for me, it was so powerful, right? Like I said, I was crying when this happened and just, you know, talking to this younger me, letting him know, like, it's okay. Like you can have fun now. Like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be that golden child. Just like so cool. Such a, such a good experience. Um, so, and again, yeah, we went back to that store, we comforted it, we created that team and it's just been really powerful, you know, to draw on that. Um, so again, like when you can care for that younger self at that deep level, it's really powerful. You can evolve other figures from your past, maybe a more idealized version of your parents or an aunt or an uncle, or just like a teacher, or like kind of create that in your mind, this, this group of people that are there to help you and care for you and guide you and direct you. Right. Um, if you don't want to do it that way and you just want to really focus on, you know, God and having him be there for you, but really try to like picture it more, like use all your senses, try to visualize it, try to imagine those discussions, right. Or angels or, you know, however you want to picture it, just create this team of people that take care of you and have yourself be that, you know, one of those people, your current self, someone that takes care of uh, that younger, younger version of you. Okay. It sounds weird, right? It sounds like, oh, you know, Mac, this is dumb. But when you, when you can do it, like it really explains a lot. <laughs> like if you can't take care of that younger you, you know, like it's still there, you know, he still needs attention. He still needs appreciation. He still needs affection. Right. And so when you're like, oh, I don't need it. You're, you're saying that, but then your actions show you do need it because you're trying to get it from your wife all the time. Right. So when you can really behave in a way internally or like, Hey, like I've got you, right. You can feel sad. It's okay. You can fail. It's okay. That's a big one for me. Right. I practice it every morning, like 
picturing myself, loving myself, even though I fail at things. Um, yeah, it's been really powerful. It's been really helpful. Um, so, you know, just create that, right? Imagine that younger, you really take care of him. Uh, give this a try, you know, uh, it's a, it's been a really powerful experience for me. So, um, again, the main tool we use, it's more at that conscious level, you know, changing your thinking. It does change your feeling state from attractive, from unattractive to attractive, right? But sometimes there are younger parts of you that are really crying out for caretaking from your wife. Okay. We got to take care of those younger parts, right? So learn how to do that through yourself, through God, really kind of picture that younger you uh, that learned early on, hey man, like I got to do this on my own um, and nobody's going to help me, right? Or you know, I've got to meet these expectations or else they're not going to love me. My parents aren't going to love me. God's not going to love me. You know, my church leader's not going to love me if I don't hit these standards, right? And instead really going there and be like, hey man, it's okay if you fail. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay for all of that, right? If you're a Christian, what you got to understand is like, that's Jesus's whole purpose, right? His whole entire mission was that to, you know, bind up the brokenhearted, right? To be there for people. Um, he knew we were going to mess up. That's the whole point of what he did, right? So accessing Jesus, I really would recommend watching The Chosen to to try to get more of a glimpse of how Jesus' personality maybe really was. Uh, it's been really cool for us to watch as a family and try to understand more of of his actual personality, which was that caring, hey, like you're down, I'm here for you type of person, right? Not like, a, hey, man, suck it up and, and move on. Like, no, I'm here and I'm going to help you heal. And you know, that's what we're trying to do here. Like help heal that younger part of you. Um, so it, the other thing it does, right? It lets your wife off the hook from caretaking you. And that's what's that's what makes your relationship really explode to new heights of intimacy. You know, because you're not like subconsciously trying to make her take care of that younger you. You're doing that yourself. Right? And now you actually can take care of her better because you're learning to take care of yourself better. You can also take care of your kids better. All of that, right? Powerful stuff. So it feels better for you. It's healing for you, right? Makes you much more attractive, much less needy on her and just a better parent because you're not going to be trying to teach your kids that same thing. Hey man, suck it up and deal with it. Okay. So if you're interested, if this like caught your attention, right? So I've got that link for, for AJ. He's the guy I use for the hypnotherapy, but uh, you know, I'm doing that some of this too with my guys now, um, doing this deeper work of the, this, you know, inner child stuff really and accessing those older memories and really going for some healing there. It's been super powerful. I feel very grateful you guys are willing to open up at that deep level with me. Um, so if that's something you want to do, right? If you want to really transform your marriage, you want to change, like eliminate and identify negative unattractive behaviors. This is part of it, right? Identifying kind of where those came from. Replace those with positive attractive habits, which includes caretaking yourself. And then repeat those until you can't get it wrong, making this a new habit. That's what we do in Love, Intimacy, and Legacy. I'd love to have you join us for high-achieving Christian men who want more intimate marriages, who want to have a better sex life with their wife, who are maybe trying to recover from infidelity or are facing a separation or divorce. That's how I can help. So head over to strongmenstrongmarriages.com. Go ahead and click on Work With Me. You'll fill out an application, and we'll review that application on our call. All right. Stay strong, men, but also... It's okay if you are not feeling strong at the moment, you know, take care of that younger you. So stay strong, 
Take care of that younger you and uh, we will see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes and share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.